Welcome to Lead On Purpose. I'm James Lachlan, former seven-time world champion musician and now executive coach to global leaders and high performers. In every episode, I bring you an inspiring leader or expert to help you lead your life and business on purpose. Thanks for taking the time to connect today and investing in yourself. Enjoy the show. Today, you're going to get a chance to hear from Roman Schulier. He's a transaction lawyer from the Ukraine, but he no longer is practicing law. When I spoke to him, you can hear in the background that there's other officers. He's now, he's now enrolled in the Ukrainian army and he's fighting for freedom for his loved ones and his family and to protect his freedom. A guy just like you and I, who was going about his life and believed that the Ukraine was a peaceful country. And he thought of these faraway countries that were at war and thought those uncivilized countries, I mean, that would never happen here. And in the conversation, he says, please never think that it could not come to your land because it could. And he talked about it starting with letting discrimination happen. When you turn a blind eye to that, he says, that's the starting point. He says, we cannot do that. The conversation was so powerful and you will hear in the background there was a lot of noise and the signal was not 100%, but as you can appreciate, the Ukraine is in is currently at war and it was just an honour and a privilege to connect with him and to hear his story and to hear what's going on and hear what leading and leadership looks like to him at war. He spoke very openly about how his values have changed from pre-war to war. Uh, so I urge you to sit back and, and take it in. And I'm going to put Roman's details of LinkedIn um, on the show notes. Please do connect with him, follow him, support him. He's a, a lovely human who has put aside his dreams, his profession to fight for his freedom, something that many of us cannot even imagine doing. And my responsibility as the host of Lead on Purpose is to bring great leaders to you. And I feel that Roman is an incredible leader. So I hope you sit back and enjoy the show. Roman, I would just like to say a huge welcome to the Lead on Purpose podcast. Thank you, James. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for, for joining us. It's the first time I've connected with someone in the Ukraine. And I just want to say that you've got the support of the world behind you. And today I want to, to, to understand more about what's going on, what you're going through, what leadership looks like in the Ukraine and what leadership you need from the rest of the world. So I'd love to start with what was life like a few years ago? What what did a day-to-day life look like for you prior to all of this? Uh, you mean before 24th of February? Yeah. You know, it's very difficult for me to recollect that time because it's like, uh, you know, I can compare it to 
when you have two two rooms in your apartment. One room is the time before 24th of February and another room is uh, the time we have now. And, you know, I can live in one of those rooms, but it is very difficult for me to go from one room to another. That passage is quite uh, painful for me and uh, uh, it's easier when you just live with this life, uh, concentrating on your present tasks without uh, thinking of what it used to be because uh, it is absolutely different and uh, my mind it just cannot uh, really uh, tackle it. It cannot really understand what happened and how it could possibly happen in the 21st century in uh, Europe uh, when we all believe that uh, uh, the war, it is something that uh, was left uh, in the past 50 years ago and it will never repeat again. And uh, personally, I was sure that all those uh, warnings about uh, possible Russian invasion, it is uh, some political speculations and uh, some PR from people who would like to draw attention. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, it came true, unfortunately, and uh, here we are now in the absolutely different world, in the absolutely different life, with totally different values, with uh, totally different everything. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to ask you about those values because I connected with you on LinkedIn. You're a lawyer. That's what you do. That's your profession. That's what you'd set out to do in life. Now you're doing something very different. So you talk about values. What's different with your values now compared to what they used to be? Well, I trust that the war, if the war has any positive sides, if we can say so, then uh, it is all about re-evaluating important things in your life. Because uh, before the war, when I worked as a lawyer, and it was a uh, usual work of uh, a law firm lawyer, a partner, it was like 24-7 with some thresholds which you need to achieve with some... Uh, interesting deals which you want to close with some uh, perspective projects which you want to develop, etc., etc. And uh, uh, all these things are really important, but uh, amid those things, it often happens that you forget uh, what is the most important in your life, right? And this is actually the life itself. It is actually the life. It is your beloved ones. Uh, it is... Uh, just you know common things like when you wake up in the morning and you drink your coffee you breathe the fresh air you can walk you can meet friends uh, you can go to visit your parents all those things are really absolutely important and uh, uh, when the war started, we just understood that this is what we need to fight for, right? This is not the war uh, for Zelensky. This is not the war for uh, any political motos. This is not the war for, uh, I don't know, something that people have invented. This is the war for, this is the war for people, for our people.
for our people, for my daughter, for my parents, for other people, for my friends whom I love and whom I am fighting for. Mm. And what is life like now? What 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 have you seen? What has the last few months been like? What what have been the greatest challenges for you? Well, it's you know it's a period of total challenges, like each day new challenges. Uh, obviously, the most difficult it was uh, in the first days because uh, uh, the war came all of a sudden, and I would say that uh, my decision to uh, join the army it uh, also came quite unexpectedly, even to me, because before the war I had nothing to do with the military. Uh, I have never served in the army. I have uh, never been interested in uh, weapon or anything military. And I would even say that uh, on the 24th of February, I was totally confused. I didn't know what to do and where to go. And uh, when I was... Uh, uh, I, mean, I had to visit my office because my clients asked to sign some documents. Uh, I, I had a power of attorney from several clients and they wanted me to do certain things. And I was walking uh, along the street. I saw the big trucks with um, soldiers in them. And uh, people were standing along the street and waving their hands to those soldiers. And I was waving, I started waving too. And all of a sudden I understood that uh, I should not be standing here and waving like a school school girl. <laughs> I should be the one that is in those trucks because uh, that is what I am. I am 38 years old. I'm healthy. I'm strong, and uh, I'm responsible for the lives of the people whom I love, and I will protect them. Mm, that's incredible. And when you think about leadership. Like what what is leadership when you think of great leadership what does that look like sorry come again that question again when you think of leadership what do you think of what is great leadership um that is uh, a good question from perspective of this time and of the war because you know, I never understood how important it is the leadership during the war. And now I can say that it is absolutely everything because heavy weaponry, it is critical. It is very important. But uh, as it usually goes, people are most important in any, in any person. And here when you have lots of people it's very difficult it's very important uh, for someone to guide them for someone to tell them what to do and there is there needs to be a very specific plan very clear instructions very definite orders and uh, and this is also not just about the orders and instructions this is also about morale because uh, as you can imagine, it is it is difficult here, right? So, so, so sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's very difficult. It is difficult to 
when you are being shelled, right? When you can do nothing, when your submachine gun, which you practice and practice and practice once again, it can decide nothing because you are being shelled and everything you can do is just hide uh, and pray that uh, the shell will not get you. Uh, it is also difficult to wait when uh, you are waiting, when you do not have a command to move to the front line and you need to wait for the command uh, because this is a war, right? You need to obey the orders. And sometimes waiting is even more difficult than uh, fighting. And all these things, they uh, require, I would say, inspiration. They require support. They require some motivation and uh, all the things they absolutely depend on commander of the unit. So without without the things, the unit will not be operative and uh, there will be no use of it at all. There will be no use of people, there will be no use of heavy weaponry of any weaponry, uh, whatever. So uh, that is what leadership he is here. And uh, it's interesting to observe how um, the leaders are self-made here, right? So the, it, is, it doesn't matter whether you have MBA here. It doesn't matter whether you have a college degree here. But it matters whether you are brave enough to take responsibility to lead people to tell them, hey, I know what to do. I know how it will be. I know what we can do and what we will do. You listen to me and everything will be fine. So leadership is really the thing that drives the army. That's huge. Thank you for sharing that. And you talk about that courage. And, you know, courage is something we need when we're fearful. So how do you continue to face those fears? How do you continue? Can you just step up and fight and protect? Well, what is it that drives you to push through the fear? Um, you're not asking easy questions, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Roman. Okay. Um, well, I would say this you do not have enough courage for all the situations. So it's a mixture, right? It's a mixture of your motivation. It's a mixture of your courage. It's a mixture of, I don't know, your ability to risk. Because sometimes when it's really difficult, you just recollect what you are fighting for, whom you are fighting for, and really helps you. Um, I remember the first situation where, which was probably the most uh, emotional and difficult to me um, uh, when I was uh, enrolled in the army on the 25th of February and we were waiting for us to uh, receive our weapon and uh, there was some uh, uh, delay and then all of a sudden in the middle of the night we were all waking up and uh, we were uh, urgently given our weapon and we were ordered to uh, take our positions near the windows uh, it was uh, the building that we were in 
And so uh, our commander told us that uh, we are waiting attack by uh, Russian tanks. And uh, we clearly, clearly realized at that moment that with our submachine guns, we can do very little really against those tanks when they count there. Uh, it was in Kiev. It was, I think, uh, the end of February. And that was the moment when I thought to myself, it, it, it was really scary, right? So my, my knees trembled and I was holding that gun, which I hold it like for the first time because I never had practiced with it. And uh, so th th there was no um, assurances, there was no guarantees, there was nothing, right? But I thought to myself, okay, so actually even now you have a choice either to run, to escape, to hide somewhere, or you can stand to the end if you have something to stand to the end. And I and it came very clearly to me that I have something to fight for. Again, this uh, my family, this is my land, and uh, if I don't fight for this, what is life worse? What is my life worse? It's worth nothing, right? And I don't want my life to be worth nothing, right? So I want to fight for it because it's worth something for me. Thank you, Roman. And what does it mean to be Ukrainian? What is a Ukrainian? What, what, what does it mean to you when you say, I am Ukrainian? What does that mean to you? Actually, we're still reassessing the answer to that question because the, before the war, no one understood how um, unite we can be, how strong we can be. And uh, at the moment, uh, well, I'm proud to be Ukrainian. Well, probably that is what we associate uh, the word Ukrainian with now is pride, right? So we are proud to be Ukrainians because uh, we are proud of each other. Right, so you are standing, you are fighting, and you are looking to the comrade in arms who is standing nearby you, and you're proud of him, and you like fight for each other, and that is really great. I love that. And what does the rest of the world need to know? What well, what do they need to know that's going on, and what do you need from the rest of the world for the person that's listening right now? What does Ukraine need? Well, I think uh, everyone here at Ukrainians request for heavy weapon, for heavy weaponry, for artillery, for uh, airplanes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I would like to focus on something other. Uh, previously, before that war. When I hear about conflicts in Syria and Afghanistan and various other countries. I always thought, oh, it is so far away. And those countries, well, they are sort of special countries that uh, probably there always have been conflicts there and there is nothing strange that they are now in another conflict and probably people got used there to these conflicts. They got used to die, uh, to fight and to die. And uh, that is the reality of this world. Like, in my mind, the world was divided. Like, there are, well, uh, 
probably I will use that word now, uh, admitting that that was my mistake. Um, uh, in my mind, the world was divided like civilized countries in which the war was impossible and uncivilized countries, right? And I uh, had no friends, no connections in those uncivilized countries. So uh, it was to me like uh, that war meant nothing to us. We had no concern about it. We had no connection to it. So why do I need to bother about it, right? I need to think about my KPIs, my thresholds, etc., etc. But uh, and uh, I'm afraid that probably there are some people in the world who in uh, USA, New Zealand, in Europe, who might be thinking likewise now that uh, Ukraine, that is probably some conf conflict country and there have always been some problems there. So this is, that is absolutely different story. It will never uh, happen in our country. Well, I wish everyone that you will never know what the war is. But I can say that uh, on the individual level, everyone must recognize and understand now that even now in the 21st century with all the international law and international organizations and international treaties and whatever, the war is possible and the war is death and destruction. And it is so possible and so close that you can never imagine how close it is. And uh, it starts in our heads. It starts in our um, tolerating, tolerating the discrimination, tolerating the cruelty, tolerating what happens in other countries. The world is so close now. It is very close. And we see it uh, now uh, on the example of our war how close it is, how many people all over the world it affects. And when everyone understands it clearly, when everyone expresses his or her position about uh, unacceptability of the wars, of these conflicts, of these positions like of Putin and his gang, I think that the world will change. So it, it starts here, it starts in our mind. And... Uh, as I said, I admit that I was absolutely wrong before this war. And I was one of those who was probably, I can say, the reason, right, why uh, it happens. Because, again, if you try to uh, say that it, it, it does not concern you, it concerns everyone. It concerns absolutely everyone. I 100% agree. And I think... Living here in New Zealand, we are so far geographically from everything. And I think it's very easy for us to think, well, we're just so far, it wouldn't happen. But this world is so small and we've got to appreciate it that it can happen and it does happen and it is happening. I put my boy to bed tonight. He's six years old and he says, Dad, who are you speaking to tonight? And I said, I'm speaking to a man called Roman and he lives in the Ukraine. And, and the first thing he said is, Dad, could the war come here? And I says, it could. And he says, what would you do? I says, I would do my best to stop it and protect you. And my little boy, Finn, he has Ukrainian heritage. His mother's Canadian and a lot of family came over from the Ukraine many years ago. 
Um, so he's very familiar with like Ukrainian music, Ukrainian food like pierogi and cabbage roll and uh, holipsy, all the good stuff. Um, so Ukraine has a special place in our heart. It's a beautiful culture, great people, tremendous music. And um, we just hope for peace. We hope for for you guys to to have your lives back. What what are you hoping for? What what's in your heart? What's deep in your heart that you hope for your loved ones? Mm. Well, it's easy. We want the war to be over. All our hopes they they are connected with our victory. And I do not have any any plans for future. I do not um, anticipate how long this war is. Because it is very difficult, right, to think about anything apart from this war. So now we are fighting and we are fighting to the end. And we will make sure that the end will be Ukrainian victory. So that is our hope, that what we are striving for. Yeah, well, you've got all of our prayers, you know, from all around the world. People uh, are with you and they support you. And uh, it's this kind of communication, letting us know what's going on and letting us know how we can help. I mean, it's so vital that the information that you have and the experiences you have, that you share that. And I'm just incredibly grateful uh, that you've done that. And where would you say you've learned to be courageous? Where have you learned to be a leader? Who taught you those things? Another difficult question. Um, I don't know. That's that is about. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that everything uh, takes its roots from what you want, from what you wish, from what you feel. And uh, like in 2014, when uh, we had Maidan, um, I did not participate in it because uh, I, well, for various reasons, right? So I did not want and I did not participate. I did not go uh, outside. I did not take part in demonstrations. Um, And when it was over, I was sorry for that, right? I understood that that was my mistake. Uh, When this war started, I understood that uh, I can do nothing but enroll to the Ukrainian army and be one of those brave soldiers who fight for our land. Because that was my feeling, that was my desire. It was not a result of any difficult, you know, thought process. It was not a very difficult decision. It was the only decision that I could uh, take at that moment. And I'm still very happy to be here. I'm still very proud to be here. And uh, I would say that the courage is something secondary. It is secondary because you always need to try to do what you want to do. And uh, I would frankly tell you that uh, here when I have some free time, I'm also reconsidering what I did before. And uh, I've already started thinking of uh, perhaps uh, doing something differently. I have not made my mind yet what I want to do, how I want to do, but um, it is all about... uh, doing what you want and realization of your dreams, making your dreams come true because life is so short and here you understand it. So when you want it, when you want something very bad, you need to do it. You need to do it because otherwise no one will do it for you. And 
that's it. You know, you want you 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 need to know about courage because courage will come, you know, in the process. A hundred percent. And Roman, when this war is over and your life is back to normal, uh, I want to invite you to New Zealand. And uh, I host a leadership event every year, and I want to invite you as a special guest. And I want you to be a guest that can speak about your experiences around what it means to live life on purpose and to go after your dreams and to fight for what matters. And um, I'll, I'll, as soon as the war is over, we will connect and we will get you to New Zealand. James, many thanks. Uh, I gladly accept your invitation. I have never been to New Zealand. Uh, I will come with a neat haircut, with some nice slides, and uh, with uh, some speech which I will be preparing for two or three weeks. And I will sound and look much better than I do now. No, I'm I'm excited, very excited to see you. And I've got one last question, Roman. I know you guys have got lots that you're dealing with, but one last question for you. And if we were to fast forward to the end of your life and somebody very young, maybe a grandchild, was to say to you, how do I lead my life on purpose? What advice would you have for them? You need to listen to your heart. You need to listen to your heart. It's, you know, um, we live in an age of abundance of information. I would even say we have sometimes we have too much information and uh, or, or probably there is there can, cannot be too much information, but you need to work with that information properly, right? So you need to take knowledge, you need to take some useful things from that information, but you should make sure that that information does not change your feelings and your desires, right? So when everyone tells you that uh, it is very good to work in IT now, I have nothing against IT. IT, IT is great. But when everyone says that it is popular, it is fine, you can make lots of money on that, well, before choosing IT, you need to uh, think very carefully whether this is your area or not, whether you love uh, gadgets and digits and math and whatever else you need to do IT or not. Otherwise, if you otherwise you deceive yourself and uh, that's that can lead to a life tragedy right when you like live the whole life and try to build some career and uh, in some 20 30 40 years you just realize that all your life you are doing not the thing you wanted to so you always need to listen to your heart and not be deceived by popular things thank you that's really powerful and our conversation tonight has landed in my heart and i know there'll be many listeners that will feel the same way and we feel like we're there with you we wish we could help you and we will help you in any way that we can so i just want to send you our prayers our thoughts and we are praying for that war to be over and um that the great leadership that you and your friends show um you know that you're rewarded for that leadership and you get the freedom that you deserve James, thank you very much. Um, I would like to extend my gratitude to you and to New Zealand for your support. 
for being with us. It is very important for us. We appreciate that. It is, you know, you feel twice stronger when you when you know that uh, uh, the world is behind you. So we appreciate that. Please stand with us and you will soon see our victory. I'm looking forward to sending you much, much love and support. And let's let's talk again. Stay in touch. Sure. Thank you, James. Thank you so much, Roman. Take care, my friend. Thanks for tuning in today and investing in your own personal leadership. Please hit that subscribe button and I'd love if you'd leave me a rating and review. I've got some amazing guests lined up for you in the coming weeks. And leaders, it's that time to get out there and lead your life on purpose.